Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. It is Thursday, June the 13th, uh, nicely into the meat of the 2019 karting season here in North America. Uh, again, episode 24 of the Industry Insider. We're, we're knocking out a bunch of these Industry Insiders right now, primarily because there's so many big races uh, that have, are, of course, coming down the pipe. We uh, we talked to Terry Trader ahead of the Quincy Grand Prix, which was run last weekend and, and a, a big success for the second running of the revival of that race. Uh, and again, talking to everybody who's starting to put some big races on because there are a lot uh, coming down the pipe. We just talked to Kevin Williams from the WKA as well about the uh, Charlotte Carding Challenge. But on the ECAN radio network today, probably more important because David Cole and I are racing in it. It's it's the battle at the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And of course, the guy who essentially is quarterbacking that whole program from USAC Racing, uh, the karting director, Mike Burrell. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the ECAN Radio Network today. Uh, thanks for having me, Rob. You know, the funny thing, Mike, anytime we have one of these industry insiders where we're talking to a promoter of an event that's coming up or a series, we kind of get them in the middle of the crazy time, right? Because we're trying to get this podcast to come out, you know, a week or two or three weeks ahead of the race so people can get excited and learn more about it. How about you right now? What's Where are you in terms of organizing the battle at the Brickyard? Oh, total complete madness at this point. So, yeah, we've got, you know, everybody that waits till the last minute to do entries and, you know, everybody needs everything and, it, you know, it's just the fun. Yeah, <laughs> the fun right. Yeah, right organizing let's let's, uh, let's lay the uh, lay the groundwork here before we get mm-hmm. into the first event because of course USAC racing USAC karting doing two races this year so we'll talk about the battle of the brickyard but we'll also talk about the Thor Industries Elkhart Riverwalk Grand, uh, Grand Prix which happens in Elkhart Indiana uh, in early August uh, battle at the brickyard the third running of this event in inside the walls of the iconic storied Indianapolis Motor Speedway the track laid out between essentially essentially over by turn number four using some of Holman Boulevard, uh, a very fast track. Uh, July 5th, 6th, and 7th is the date. So we're about three weeks away when this podcast comes out. Uh, I'm sure there's opportunities for everybody to, to still enter. Uh, a, a great lineup of classes. We'll talk about that as well. But first and foremost, Mike, let's get into this by talking about, first First off, how, this, how did this event happen? Because... The Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indianapolis 500, you're an Indiana boy. You know how important it is. Yeah. I've been privileged to be able to work the event with IndyCar Radio for the last four years. That's something massive. But to get a karting event that you guys started two years ago, how, how did that even happen? Well, Tony George Jr. and um, and uh, Jason uh, Penix. Penix, yes, thank you. I was drawing a total blank. I can see right. It <laughs> happens. Yeah, I'm totally embarrassed by that. <laughs> Uh, Tony and Jason and I started talking about this in 2010. Um, it, it got some momentum then, but then it stalled, especially when uh, Dan Weldon, who was such a good friend of Carding, was killed. Yeah. And um, then, you know, about 2016, Tony and I were at lunch, and he's like, hey, why don't we, why don't we look at doing this again? And <clears throat> so the end of 16, we did a little test session with uh, Connor Daly and uh, – some of the guys from TB Cart and GP GP Cart, uh, Garrick Miller and AJ Nowd and his group here in town. Yep, and it all worked out, and it's like, yeah, we could do this. Um, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of choices on dates. 
they kind of told us when we were going to be there and <laughs> uh, with the USAC quarter midgets. And they were kind of on the other side of the property and we're kind of out in turn three for the pits. And uh, uh, then using the track, the track is awesome. It comes out to right at a mile. It's as smooth as can be on the parts that are the Indy road course. And then it gets a little street racing feel because we use a couple of the access roads around yeah. the, the track. So it gets a little bumpy and a little tight. And so it's kind of a road race combined with a street race. When I was there, when I was there for the month of May, that, that's the kind of feel I got when I was, I was kind of walking around like, this is cool. I'm actually going to be driving on these streets, you know, in, yeah, in, in, in about a month, which is cool. So it's pretty awesome when you pull around the corner there and you see all those huge grandstands and think, wow, yeah. I'm on the, I'm on the track here where Schumacher and, you know, all the great IndyCar guys have been racing the road yeah. race Indy GP the past few years. And it's like, yeah, my, my butt's on the same place that these guys are. That's really cool. I, you know, and again, I think a lot of the feedback that you see on social media, right, from after people have been there for the first year, the uh, the people that maybe were really, really diehard IndyCar slash Indianapolis 500 fans, it was that, oh, my God, I got a chance to race here. You know, I felt that way when I first road raced back in 2000. I, I, I ran a race at Mid-Ohio, and then, you know, I think it was maybe two months later, I watched the IndyCar race at Mid-Ohio, and I'm like, yeah. I took that turn a little different. You know what I mean? It's to be able to have that, it's have that connection, right? It's crazy. Exactly. You build that connection and you know, we, we even get to on Friday night, take a lap of the oval, uh, very controlled, you know, about 40 miles an hour, Yeah. but there's still nothing like coming across those bricks and thinking of all the guys that have been across there and, you know, had got the opportunity to kiss the bricks and then you're driving your go-kart across them. I love it. Now, I think even more, even not so much more important, but even more poignant is the simple fact that not only did you guys put a race on there, but you know the karting industry, the karting community on mass came out to support it. Like you guys had, you've had big numbers over the last two years. You know the four cycle categories, of course, massive. That must have felt good saying, you know, we put all this work in to get this race here, and people really came out to support it. Oh, it does. I mean, and you'll see when you get there, it has the feel of the biggest club race you've ever been to. Yeah. Everybody just seems happy to be there. They're still competitive, but there's not that uh, aura of this is a national championship race. It's it's people mainly just they're in all of being there. They're happy to be there. And, you know, it, it feels like the biggest club race in the country. You know, you mentioned that to me when, when we talked after the first race, that that was kind of the feel you had, right? And that, I find that to be so interesting because, you know, we have, there's big races. And any and Cardi News likes to support and put focus on big races because it's nice to have those around the country. You know, whether it's the Scusa Supernats or whether it was the Florida Winter Tour or, the, you know, the Rock Island Grand Prix, which celebrates its 25th anniversary this year. Some of those big major events around the country – you guys put one on at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and I think because it was yourself and and the great crew you put together, and you sat karting as well, it, the the culture, the the kind of character of the race was something different, right? It wasn't a deal where all of a sudden all the big tra- haulers roll in and all the big money people are rolling stuff out. This was, uh, yeah, there's a couple of big trailers, but there's a bunch of easy ups and guys pitting out of the back of pickup trucks as well. Yeah, and that's the guys that, you know, that's the guys I want. That's what karting's about to me. Yeah. It's just the guys, the dads and the sons and the the older guys like us who just, you know, they're fulfilling their little dreams of being a race car driver. And that's that's the crowd we wanted. And, of course, everybody's welcome for sure. But, um, you know, we just want it to be fun. 
Hey, you know what? And that's what it is all about, right? We, we, we try to get that across in a lot of our editorial when people get a little too fired up about decisions that are made in carding or whatever it may be, because the bottom line is it's about having fun. For, exactly. For, and Mike, for all of us, it, for me, it was 1995, my first year of carding. You can probably have the same kind of story, but I remember my, you know, my dad ran stock cars and I, and I never had the money to do that. But finally, at 27 years old, when I bought a go-kart, it was the coolest thing ever. I was racing myself and it was just, it, tur- it changed my life, right? Because that's yeah. what it's all, all, it's all about now. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about how you've developed the race over the first couple of years, because you know, <laughs> we've heard the story thousands of times when a promoter puts a race on for the first time at a venue, that's the biggest undertaking, isn't it? That very first time when you're, you're making all the mistakes and you're just kind of flying by a wire trying to put out fires. Oh, we were, and that's that's totally uh, seems like all I do at the whole race weekend is just put out <laughs> fires. But um, you know, we got a great crew of people. Rick Folks is the race director. Uh, Jason Burgess is got to be the most exciting flagman in karting. Uh, you know, he he dresses the part like he an does. Indy. He'll dress like Pat Vidan from the '60s, the yep. flagman for the Indy 500. Uh, when we were at Elkhart, and we had a, a Kiss cover band playing. He dressed like a one of the guys from kiss and he's out there flagging i love it that's a great addition oh uh, yeah so i mean we just we got a great group of people and that really made the learning curve or at least made us look good <laughs> so what so what you know what changes have you made from you know edition number one to edition two and now here for edition number three are there any alterations you've made from last year to this year um not too many from last year to this year uh between the first and second year we made a lot we added uh we had a little more of the victory lane ceremony, you know, a little bottles of milk and um, a wreath and everything just to make it feel a little like indie. Yeah, I like that. Um, and, That's of course, good. adding the lap last year was uh, uh, the oval was huge. Um, you know, I got I came in after that and uh, saw people actually crying saying, you know, I've been here since the 70s and never thought I'd get to do that. Wow. That's special. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're not – we made a bunch of big changes last year and added a bunch to the atmosphere of the race. Um, this year it'll be probably littler changes, but we'll, we'll see what we come up with. All right, folks, when we get back from this uh, first break in the action, uh, I'm going to ask Mike to kind of fill us in a little bit on kind of an overview of the race. Those of you listening to the EKN radio network may not, you may know about the battle of the brickyard, but you don't, you don't know which classes they run, how they kind of run the weekend. I'll give him an opportunity to give us a full overview of how this year's Battle at the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway will shake down. Stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Attention Carters of the Midwest. Supercarts USA is back. The Scusa Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge kicked off the season on a high note with two events at Newcastle and Norway. And now we're looking forward to the next event at Road America on June 29 and 30. Road America is America's National Park of Speed, and the newly repaved SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex is one you won't want to miss. This is your chance to run all the SCUSA categories, NX30, KA100, Mini, and MicroSwift, and of course, it's SCUSA where SCUSA was born. The shifter carts will be front and center. The Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge will be your place in the Midwest to race stock Honda, KZ, and the awesome new IAMI SSE 175cc shifter. Finally, Midwest racers can compete in a SCUSA Regional Series, and if it's your goal, prepare for the National Pro Tour. 
Follow Supercarts USA's newest regional program on Facebook at Scusa Great Lakes PKC and on Instagram at Scusa Great Lakes. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. We can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away and we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find molecule cleaning products, minus 273 racing gloves, micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, from providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com for over a century Briggs and Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing it's a DNA found in every engine we build today so whether you kart race Baja, race quarter midgets or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge the dedicated spirit of every Briggs and Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop Briggs and Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. Episode 24 of the Industry Insider. It's June the 13th, about three weeks away from the third running of the Battle at the Brickyard, the USAC karting event at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Joining us here today on the EKN Radio Network, the karting director for USAC Racing, Mike Burrell. Uh, Mike, as I had hinted to before the break, let's... Let's, I'm just going to let you have the floor to talk about class structure, how you know how the weekend shakes down, when you're on the racetrack, when qualifying is, how everything works out. Because I've, the, the interesting thing, it, this isn't one of those double race weekends, right? There's one winner at the end of this deal. No, there's one winner in each yeah. class at the end of this deal. Um, I, I think that's special, and the podium's only three. Yep. Uh, proper podium only has three, in my opinion. So, <laughs> um, you know, we kind of limited that and tried to make it special, that if you get a brick – You've, you've accomplished something. Uh, the class structure is, you know, pretty broad. I, I think there's something for everybody. There's uh, Briggs 206 classes for juniors through masters. Uh, there's IAMI X30 senior and masters, which the masters class is shaping up really good. Oh, good uh, to hear. That's nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then there's the stuff that's big around here right now. Uh, Yamaha is Yamaha Supercan stuff is still big around the Midwest, especially at the club level. And um, then there's there's shifters for there's Hondas and there's uh, KZ and the 175s running together. Yeah, you guys so, you guys tried to put that together, right? Somehow, like trying to get a package together to get as many shifters as you can out to the track. 
Yeah, and that's just it's just a beautiful track for shifters. I mean, it's so wide, 70, 70, 80 feet wide in some portions <laughs> of the track. So I mean, it's amazing. It, it looks like you know you get a bunch of carts out there. It looks awesome. So yeah, you know, I think it's a perfect tag track. Of course, I'm never been a big shifter guy myself. So, but uh, you know, it it's fast. It's it's wide. It's challenging. So. Um, what you know, ca- we hey, what category? What categories are you seeing big right now? Let, let's let's uh, now uh, that we're talking the, class structure. What's looking big? Oh uh, well, the Margate Ignite they they bring a huge contingent. Yeah, uh, their senior and masters classes. Uh, probably their seniors close to fifty. Wow. But you know the um, the Briggs two hundred six medium and heavy classes are both going to be huge. The medium had fifty six in it last year. Man. We almost had to send people home, but if the track's big enough that it raced, it raced 56 carts clean. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what the 56 guy, how far he advanced, but, but, um, well, you, you know, know what? Hold on. Maybe we need, maybe Saturday needs to be bump day at the brickyard. <laughs> we, we actually have time planned for that if we had to. Um, yes. but, you know, there's, if we got almost 60 carts on that track safely. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it's, and I've seen Dismore had 80 out there one time for the Robopong years ago. Yeah, so You can do it. Yeah, we, we can do it. You know, I, I don't, it. I don't want to turn anybody away. Of course. No, I like that. And the track's big enough and wide enough for it. As you said, it's yeah, yeah. it's good. I love it. Yeah. So, so good. You know, those are the big classes. Okay. Um, kind of the format is, uh, Thursday, July 4th, it's an optional day. We realize it's a holiday, and that makes it tough for a lot of people. But, um, you know, you you can move in that day. You can set up. uh, You can go through tech, all that stuff. You can hang out in the grandstands in turn three and watch the fireworks from downtown Indianapolis, Um, you know, or or have fun around town. Uh, There'll be a lot of 4th of July activities. Yep. And uh, then July 5th will be... Three rounds of practice and qualifying. Uh, July 6th, the Saturday, is quick round of practice and uh, a heat race and a pre-final. And then um, July 7th is just basically a warm-up. Make sure your your stuff's going to work if you want to go out. A lot of people don't. And then just roll right in the finals. I like I like I like it when the main events uh, are by the, essentially by themselves on the on on the, the final day. That's good. That'll be exciting. I like it. Yeah. But yeah. again, you know what you talk about the fact that yeah, you know we're on the July Fourth weekend, but you know when we're talking about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, like you said, it's hey, we want to, we would really like to uh, to run a kart race at IMS. What are the dates you have? This one, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, and that got- was, I mean, honestly, the only other date they kind of offered us was Labor Day weekend. I was like, that's Rock Island. I, I'm I'm a street racer. I can couldn't do that to of course another street race, but uh, yeah. you know, ne- next year we're gonna have NASCAR at at Indy on July 4th weekend. So um, I actually got a meeting next week to determine the date for 2020. So, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm happy as hell because obviously, you know, the last two years I really wanted to be there, but of course IndyCar was in Iowa. Right. uh, So I had to be at Iowa uh, for the event with, with, with road to Indy and the IndyCar radio. Well, when they moved Iowa, I was jumping for joy. <laughs> it was like, this is the best. Um, I know. And now they moved NASCAR. So we're going to have to move and we'll probably be back on Iowa's date uh, or something. Exactly. With my luck, exactly. Well, at least I'll get the one opportunity to do it. Um, overall though, um, you know, <laughs> we talked before we come in the podcast, you mentioned it a little bit. One of the killer things about 
this carding community. And I don't know. I'm just going to keep talking about it in podcasts. I'm going to keep writing about it in my morning coffee columns. It, people can't understand how important it is for a guy like you or any promoter to have people to pre-enter, right? Because when people are exactly. waiting to the very end, you just don't know what's going on. And the onslaught at the end when people are asking for pit spots and and you got to pre-enter to these events, folks. Trust me, it saves everybody a lot of heartache. It does. And, I mean, we could have had the schedule out already if if people had pre-entered. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know I've had, you know, I don't know, probably 100 people call and say, yeah, I'm going to enter. And it's like, can I get a pit spot? And it's like, well, man, we, we've been selling stuff since February. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just. It just makes it tough, and yeah, I mean, just pre-entry is just so important to promoters to plan things, and then they they know what kind of budget they have to operate on, and you know, give back to the carters or and things. So. Uh, you want to take an opportunity to thank some of the sponsors? Do you have some key sponsors for this event that have kind of made this thing happen? Well, I mean, Keith, Keith Freiber and Margay and uh, Hoosier and Bridgestone, and uh, Eric Jones with Cartsport uh, North American MG. Those guys have been very helpful uh, supply-wise and, and uh, you know, VP Racing Fuels. and But um, all in all, we, you know, um, we got some little local sponsors. Uh, we got kind of a neat surprise. One of our racers is a chef for St. Elmo and Burger Study here in town. So he's got those guys on board Ooh. to give out St. Elmo co- famous cocktail sauce, which is... Uh, I love it. No, it's killer. Tradition. It's yeah, killer. We're not have milk, but uh, we'll have cocktail sauce, so... <laughs> Hey, listen, that's still Indianapolis. I love that. Harry and, Izzy's, uh, Harry and Izzy's are saying elbows. Now, uh, you mentioned Burger Study. I went there. Somebody told me to go. Actually, it was, it was Chris Ortenberger and uh, uh, Wyatt Lloyd said, you got to go try the, their prime burger. It was yeah. great. That uh, place was badass. Amazing. Yeah, yeah their, right exec- their executive chef, Ryan Pickering, is one of our one of our racers. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, he's, I'll, he's got I'll, those guys signed up. And uh, I think they're – I think it's Briggs Masters they're sponsoring. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, you got a chance at some gift certificates there, Rob. Uh, I, listen, I spent some money there last time I was there. I really enjoyed it. Sat at the bar and had a burger. It was great. I, I look forward to meeting them. Um, here's another one. So you talk about people that have, you know, that have made this kind of thing happen. Uh, for me, a guy like Doug Bowles, the president of IMS, you watch what yep. he does. You watch how he interacts with people throughout the weekend, how active he is on social media. I know he was active on social media the last couple of years as well, getting behind the wheel, in fact, even turning some laps. Talk about dealing, not so much, I don't even, dealing's not the word. Talk about being able to have a relationship with Doug and Indianapolis Motor Speedway because he seemed very, in, in what we can see on social, right, what, what he's been able to say, really, really positive and supportive of the event. Uh, Doug's been incredible for the Speedway and, you know, the whole city of Indianapolis. Uh, he could probably run for mayor of Indy and win, win in a landslide. <laughs> probably. Um, you know, I, I've known Doug 20 plus years and uh, his wife, Beth, and I remember Connor and Colin and Christian, all the boys when they were, you know, very little kids. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, Doug's just been so great. And then he got his son Carter into Ignite Carts with Keith. So I, I think he'll probably be back racing. I like it. That's awesome. And uh, Yeah. And so it's just been, you know... Doug's been so helpful, but so is Tony George Jr. and uh, Dan Skyver on his staff. And, yep. you know, just takes everybody over there because, I mean, that is such a huge operation. Um, you know, buddy Dave Dusick, he on the PA system and getting all that stuff in order. So, I mean, it just takes 
it takes an army to make that place work for anything. So. It's funny, you know, obviously with the opportunities I've had to be on the IMSPA working with guys <clears throat> like Dave Calabro and Bob Jenkins and, and uh, Jerry Baker, um, to kind of see the background of that, the PA side of it, it's crazy. You know, I, um, you know, for IndyCar radio on the Indianapolis 500, I help count down for the, you know, the, the, the colors and national anthem and back home again and everything that had, you know, gentlemen, start your engines and the whole deal um, to watch Dave Dusick in the back there. And you said Dan Skyver in the back. It's just, it's all, I, I want to say or, organized chaos because they're just trying to hit the marks. It's, it's amazing to see behind the scenes at the 500 and, and what they're able to do at the speedway. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same thing for our event. I mean, it takes, like I said, it takes an army over there yeah. to put anything on. It does. Hey, listen, let's wrap up this segment. Uh, we'll cap off the battle of the brickyard before we talk about the Elkhart river walk grand prix. Um, I want to talk about the brick because you know, one of the, what I love about any event, especially of, of the magnitude that you guys put together here at the brickyard you know, there are iconic trophies in the sport, whether it's the Rock, whether it's the Duffy, the Screaming Eagle, you know, trophies that you can win. The Gussie now at, at Quincy. I, I love you guys really embraced the Indianapolis 500. And you said you brought in some the milk last year for the winners. Talk a little bit about the brick that you win if you score a victory at the Battle at the Brickyard. Where did that come from? Whose idea was it? And where do those bricks get sourced from? Well, I'm not 100% sure where they get sourced from. Uh, okay. Nick, Nikki Klepper at USAC, she handles all the awards and licensing over there. Okay. And they started doing it with quarter midgets. And it was just, you know, hugely popular. Yeah. Uh, and just the connection and everything. It's like, so we, we basically just stole it from them. <laughs> Born. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to try to, we've been working on a, a bigger permanent trophy idea and everything we're trying to get that all finalized to where every winner's name will go on a, a permanent trophy with a big brick or maybe not a big brick but a couple bricks and everything and then it'll yeah. it'll reside at the USAC headquarters across the street you know I unless Tony wants to let us keep it at the museum <laughs> there we go yeah hint hint uh <clears throat> but um no it was just I mean it just tied into the tradition I I remember being a kid out there and you know, growing up in Speedway around the track and finding bricks that said Culver Block on them. And it's like, yeah, I, this is one of the bricks from the track. Wow. And, you know, um, it's just, uh, you know, it's just part of Indy's tradition. And we're just like, yeah, this would be cool to do. And I, th- I love it. Well, folks, you hear David Cole and I talk about bucket list events, and this is definitely one of them. The Battle at the Brickyard will have its third edition of this race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, July 5th, 6th, and 7th. Still time to enter if you're not going yet. Uh, Just head to usackkarting.com. I believe that uh, there's links there to be able to register. But this is an event you get to drive on the track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I'm not just talking about the lap around, but also parts of that GP circuit down Holman Boulevard. Definitely a, an amazing opportunity. Speaking today with uh, Mike Burrell, the karting director for USAC Karting. Stay with us. They've got two big races here this year. When we get back after this break, we're going to talk about the Thor Industries Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix. Joining the Rawls and Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, super nationals winners, and former Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. 
Rawls Performance Group is setting a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in the IAMI X30 categories. We have the largest trackside OTK inventory, providing parts to racers and teams at all the major events in North America. RPG can also offer multilingual support, as we have French and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawlison Performance Group. We race to win. Rotax is officially back in America, and J3 Competition is the iconic brand's new importer and distributor for the northern half of the United States. With a focus on top-notch customer service and unparalleled product support, J3 Competition is excited to work with club and regional series to build the Rotax community in the tag categories. They're promoting a pair of special events this year to provide opportunities for their racers to win tickets to the Rotax Max Challenge Grand Finals in Italy, the sport's most talked about global event. The Stars and Stripes Trophy and the Stars and Stripes Open events will feature J3 Competition's trademark professionalism, as well as the popular engine raffle program to provide a completely level playing field. With tickets to this year's Grand Finals up for grabs, they look forward to seeing everyone at the trophy event in May in Utah and for the Open in August at Pit Race. Rotax is a leader in two-cycle technology, and J3 Competition brings over 75 years of experience to the brand here in the United States. Check out the new Rotax USA program at racerotax.com. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. Mad Old Nut Racing and Croc Promotion USA are focused on changing the paradigm when it comes to race teams in this sport. And the goal is to support dedicated young racers by giving them the tools and opportunities to succeed. Originally born as Mad Croc, the new branding is Croc Promotion, and Armando Fellini's product continues its dedication to quality and innovation. Croc Promotion USA is the American importer and distributor, and Mad Old Nut Racing is the official race team. We're ready to attack in 2019, and our race results speak for themselves. AJ Myers swept the first four Winter Series shifter cut races of the year, and Andrew Bedozo continues to assert himself as an emerging player. Croc Promotion has momentum. Dedicated and talented young drivers, supported and mentored by team owners who know business and who are passionate about karting. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. Search for us on social media and give us a follow. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. Episode number 24 of the Industry Insider, June the 13th. As I said, about three weeks away uh, from the battle at the Brickyard at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but probably about just a little under two months from the second race that the USAC karting crew will be putting on in, in 2019. And again, uh, talking with Mike Burrell, the karting director for USAC uh, Racing. Uh, Mike, I, I know, it's cool to see some of these older events get revived, right? So yep. essentially just before I got it, kind of got big into the sport as a journalist in the mid-90s, the 
Elkhart Grand Prix was one of these, was a street race put on by Kurt Paluzzi from National Kart News. You and I both worked for Kurt at the time. Yep. But he, he put, he did it and put on this unbelievably huge street race that was iconic. I mean, almost anybody that you know in karting uh, who's been around for 15, 16, 20 years, or 20 months, let's say 20 plus, talks about either racing at Elkhart or wanting to go to Elkhart. That was a major event. It must have been for you as well, being you know a, a, an all-time huger. Oh, it was. I mean, I remember going up there running <clears throat> uh, Breaks Flathead Medium, and there being like 120 entries. <laughs> right. And, oh, my God. You know, like the top 40 started the feature. So it was a victory just to start the feature race. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you had Brent and Brian Smith uh, on Invader Carts, um, you know, back then who just walked the field. And, you know, huge four-cycle guys, and I think they still are in the dirt stuff now. They are, yep. And, it's, uh, and it's crazy to be, you can actually go online and I think it's on YouTube. You can see some of the videos of that event. It was, uh, it was wild, fast racetrack. These, you know, uh, just chicanes made of hay bales that would initially just kind of get chipped away at throughout the race. Out of the way, yeah. And, uh, it was, it was, I mean, Kurt did an awesome job. ESPN two was a new network at that time. Yeah. And all the all of Elkhart and then the races down at the Indy Velodrome were produced by Terry Lingner and his group on ESPN two. I didn't know that. Really? <clears throat> yep. Yep. Oh, and uh, so I mean, it was you know it was like uh, I think Gary Lee did the thing. Then uh, I think so. Yep. You know, down at the Indy Velodrome, I I remember Sam Hornish Jr. being there as a kid, and Danica Patrick with his big Coke bottle glasses, and, <laughs> and like, eh, what was that little... Thursday? Night, was that Thursday Night Thunder or something like that? Well, Thursday Night Thunder was midgets and oh, sprint cars. So what was, uh, what was the karting one? It was, I don't know what it was called. Honestly, I can't remember. But I, thought it was, was a cool, I thought there was a cool name for like Saturday Night Lightning or something like that. Or something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. And it was at the, uh, the Indy Velodrome. And, Velodrome, um, right. Yeah, bicycle track. And, That's awesome. I love um, it. But it it was made for TV stuff, and it was good. I mean, so, yeah. so let's, one more point on the Elkhart Grand Prix. One of the cool things about it, I think, was the fact that the the passion for that race and, and how big it was, I think it fueled a lot of guys like yourself to stay in the sport because you know I've had I've done podcasts with Joe Janowski and, and he was he tells me about he and his dad Don being on the sidelines, you know, really racing or whatever they were racing, but they saw shifter carts for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, there's Supercarts USA because Joe and Don Janowski saw shifter carts at Elkhart. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That, exactly. It, I mean that was a ripple effect, right? It was, and I, I had never seen him until I was up there in probably 92 or 93, and I was like, whoa, those, that's sick. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> that's it. Those guys okay. are crazy. So here's this iconic race that, that runs for a number of years, uh, you know, the 90s. To bring it back like you guys did, like that's what again, like where was the motivation for the Brickyard? Where was the motivation and how did it happen for the Elkhart Grand Prix to get, you know, revived with you guys in a different location, but still in the same city? Well, Kurt Paluzzi had always talked about wanting to bring it back, wanting to bring it back. And, um, you know, I, I was always all for that and everything. And I'm sure he talked to you about it when you were working with yep. him and yep. everything. And, <clears throat> but it wasn't until, uh, uh, mayor Tim Neese up there got elected, 2015 i think that you know he he does some local interviews with tv and just like yeah one of my goals is to bring a bunch of events back to elkhart and uh i think mayor nice might have been the street commissioner when when the grand prix was going on up there or some something and you know he he mentioned it he opened the door and of course everybody in karting called him 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, we just kind of had, I guess, the plan that fit his needs best. Um, yeah. You know, minimum cost of the city. And, you know, we think we can raise sponsorships with the RV industry that's was at that time coming back strong. And, um, yeah, I mean, we we do it for minimal minimal effect of the city, and it's going to be even less of an effect on the city this, this year because it's going to be a night race, Friday night and Saturday night race. Yeah, I had that written down as something we're definitely going to talk about. So it is the Thor Industries Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix. It's August 9th and 10th, a Friday-Saturday night show, which I think is absolutely badass. I love that call. Um, before we jump into the race itself, you mentioned the fact that you know, Elkhart, Indiana really is kind of the RV manufacturing home, right? For, uh, oh, uh, for the, the U S right. Everything's huge. there yeah, for the world. Pretty much. I mean, Thor industries is a $3.2 billion company. Wow. And, and, uh, Genesis products, another one of our sponsors up there makes a lot of the, uh, accessories and a lot of the, uh, molds and everything to make stuff in RVs. And, you know, so it's just a huge, huge industry up there. And they've just been super supportive of it, and um, you know. So, I mean, well, let's 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 look at the, the interesting thing about about that event. I think is the fact that you know it's the, it's the different venue too, right? You guys are kind of essentially it's it is the Riverwalk Grand Prix, but you guys are essentially straddling the river, right? With the, yeah, with we the go over couple, go over two bridges, and uh, <laughs> I love it. So there's a slim possibility you could get wet if you crash. <laughs> uh, it, it's probably not going to happen. It's it's very safe actually. So, but um, the, uh, you got great numbers, you know, in the, in the first event, like guys traveled in from Colorado and people coming all from around the country to come and race. Yeah. And I think there are, I mean, I think most of them are coming back. We actually kind of cut it off last year because we ran out of room in the pits. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we were at about 175 entries and it's like, we got people stacked up down the street and that's awesome. Like, oh man. Uh, so, you know, we got some more pit area this year and um which is good and i i don't know if being a night race is going to affect it with some people not being able to travel earlier take the day off work but um you know it's it's an event it's not just a race so and there's a 200 team cornhole tournament going on in the infield yeah there's professional cornholers i never knew this it's on tv i I, saw that yeah (laughs) TV coverage for cornhole. Hey, listen, yeah. I'm not knocking cornhole. I love playing it, but my, my, it's, yeah, it's on TV. We're pro. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we got that going on in the infield. We got concerts from, you know, about 3 p.m. Friday until 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Saturday night. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it, it's an event with a race in the middle of it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get good classes, I'm sure, of shifters and 206 and, everything and um you know it, it's it's a it's a party so i mean it's it's come race and party well and the interesting thing about about the fact you said people missing work uh when you go to the friday night saturday night people can drive home sunday so you're not missing monday exactly yeah right? so it's, it's, yeah six and one half dozen of the other you, you're gonna you might you have to take thursday friday off but you're not taking monday off which is always yeah, a you're not taking friday monday off so i mean whose I mean, idea okay, whose idea was the night races because i'm telling you this right now I've said this ever since I started back in 1995. Night races for karting. Carts look, carts are awesome. We love them. They're badass. Watching a shifter, watching a tag, watching a thundering pack of 30 206s, you know, Briggs in a pack. It's just awesome to watch. You put it under the light. You put it under the lights 
and it changes the, the dynamic. It's just so amazing to watch carts under the lights. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, uh, Bill McLaughlin and his indie karting series tried it years ago at Franklin, yep. Indiana, and it worked out pretty well. Um, <clears throat> so that's, I kind of had that in the back of my mind when I opened my mouth at a city planning meeting and said, <laughs> we ought to look at doing this as a night show. And then they jumped all over it because they could give their people Sunday off. Yep. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so, I mean, it just, uh, it just kind of rippled from there and, you know, my, my big mouth opened and, you know, <laughs> uh, I was thinking for 2020 and, you know, the fire chief and the mayor's assistant and Kevin Miller, USAC's president were like, great, let's do it this year. I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. It's interesting because it, it kind of harkens back more to what USAC does, right? USAC sprint uh, exactly. car racing, USAC midget racing. It's under the lights, man. It's a Saturday yeah, night show. Not, they're, night they're nocturnal, uh, USAC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're wondering why go-kart guys want to get up at 6 in the morning to get back at 7. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what are you doing with these all these turns and all these people working here at 6 in the morning? <laughs> you know, Mike, I, I've often said to myself, when I was at Performance Racing News where I started – it was karting that I kind of gravitated to, fell in love with. I saw an opportunity for me to to race myself and and you know cover more of the sport. There was lots of times that I did stock car racing on Saturday nights. Had I just stuck with that, I would have slept. I think I would have had a lot more sleep ins <laughs> because, oh, dude, I, you know what it's like. Oh, yeah. I, here you go. I this I lo- let's bring this up. You know, people are going to get up in the morning, six thirty-seven, whatever, to be at the track for uh, for the the race at Battle of the Brickyard for the Elkhart Grand Prix. What time do you get up for those events? For Brickyard, when are you getting up? I'm not sleeping probably that probably. week. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know, honestly. I mean, I, I kind of got a goofy schedule anyway. I work nights at my real job, so. Uh, but you you would be trackside at five o'clock in the morning, probably. Uh, probably by, yeah, by six at least. By six, yeah. yeah. It's, nuts. it's nuts, folks. The, the the work that these people put in to, to put on these events that we get a chance to go to. Um, you know, if, if you're going to the Battle of the Brickyard, if you're going to Elkhart, make sure that you stop and by, say hi to Mike, say hi to everybody, and just thank them for the time that they put in because uh, without uh, guys like Mike, we wouldn't have these amazing events. Uh, Mike, let's cap things off here with this Industry Insider podcast. Any final words uh, regarding the battle at the Brickyard? Anything else you got maybe hidden, something secret you're going to pull out here pretty soon? Uh, no no big secrets right now. Um, you know, just get entered for Battle at the Brickyard. It, we're going to close online entries on uh, the 24th of okay. June. So, yep. you know, uh, we got to have some time to plan and uh, save yourself a bunch of time and, you know, a little bit of money and get entered early. <laughs> What's uh, what's what's the situation trackside food wise for the Brickyard event? Is is other concessions open? You gonna have food trucks? What's going on? You no, know, there was uh, th- that's one of the most difficult things with Indy is dealing with the concessions because of their yeah. contracts and everything. So, well, we had some we had a couple food stands open last year. They weren't right up near the grid. Um, there's one out in the middle of turn three. You got kind of got to walk to, but uh, <clears throat> you know we're gonna work on that, and I'll have some more details on that next week after our meeting with IMS. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. I'm telling you, we're excited about it. Of course, uh, we, we kind of hinted to it at the top, but David Cole and I both uh, being able to attend the battle at the Brickyard this year, we're both doing some racing. Uh, David and I will be going head to head in the uh, Briggs 206 masters category. We got a pretty good hashtag deal going at hashtag beat Rob Howden, hashtag beat David Cole. <laughs> it's, it's the 50 year old versus the 40 year old. David's 10 years, my junior. So uh, I will say this, 
Mike, he's never beat me before in, a, in an actual race. Oh, you just threw right? that hammer down, didn't you? That's the gauntlet right there. You know, <laughs> we raced at, uh, I think we raced uh, at Rock Island a number of years ago. He qualified poorly because he can't qualify. He's not very good at it. Uh, I think he was at the very tail of the field. He, I think he got a faster lap than me, but I finished eighth, and I think he finished like 12th or something like that. So it's, And then we ran senior. We were running 206 senior against the wow. young, young guns. So. That's pretty I'm good. also getting a chance to run Ignite, Margay Ignite, because David ran Ignite with a number of times at Rock Island. My turn to run Ignite Masters. I'm really excited. I've, I've done a lot of, lot of Margay racing over my years um, from 1997 on. Quincy, Rock Island, you name it. Um, but yeah, excited about it. Thank you so much for putting it on. And anything you want to add just to cap it off? Nah, just to come out and have a good time. Folks, this is the bucket list race. It's, it's another one of those ones you have to go to. Seriously, think about it. You're going to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The Battle at the Brickyard, USAC karting July 5th, 6th, and 7th. Entry deadline, pre-entry deadline, June the 24th, as he said. Get online, get entered, get your pit spot. Don't miss a chance to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Big thank you to Mike Burrell from USAC uh, Racing, the karting director there, uh, who is the guy, the quarterback, that puts all this thing together. Of course, Mike, a lifelong karter. uh, As I said, worked for National Kart News. He's done so much over his years uh, for the sport of karting. If you see him at the track, buy him a beer, shake his hand, give him a hug, whatever you want to do, high five will work. But again, big thanks to Mike for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. This has been episode number 24 of the Industry Insider. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.